0: Ladies and gentlemen, warning: spoilers ahead.
1: Nothing's happened, yeah.
0: I'm alright. I'm pucker. Everything, everything's pucker. You're black and blue. I'll give it a rest, Jamie. Oh, things getting better, are they? Daddy laid off the fist work. Haven't you burnt the tea lately? I said leave
2: it out. You're scared. I ain't scared of nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Last week, right? I went to Woolwich. Coming out of this shop, and there's this geezer in the gutter, pissed out of his skull, just lying there. Everyone was walking past him, and I had to step over him. He was my old man. It got me thinking on the bus, why be scared of a bloke who's dead to the world? when well, he knocks ten different types of shite out of you. He's an embarrassment. He's nothing more, he's nothing less. Why be scared of that? Scared of being
2: called queer. Are you? Maybe. Maybe not. And are you? Queer. Gay. Very happy.
0: I'm happy when I'm with you. Good evening and welcome to television. G'day! Hello! Hello! Hey! Hey! hey. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.
1: hey. I'm Wayne's Lee.
0: And I'm a Philip Hunting and welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. We absolutely do, Philip. We have a special guest with us
1: today. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> Kendall,
2: wild. welcome back, everyone. Kendall appears.
3: Yes. Yay! She's talking and it was very effective. Yay. <laughs> absolutely. Hi, everyone. Hey, welcome back, Kendall. Thank you. It's so nice to be asked to come back and uh, be here.
1: Thanks for yeah coming back, and it's been a f- been a few episodes. It has since your last appearance. Yes, so.
3: since the Superman episode. Yes, was that was a lot of fun. mighty
1: episode of mighty, Superman yes, review.
3: I loved
1: it. Yeah. So, what's one thing that you've watched? since? Since then, that you'd like to share with us? Oh
3: God! (laughs) Since then, yeah. That's something recently. A lot. Well, Captain Marvel. Yes, I've seen it three times. Only. Only. (laughs) Only three times. and many more to come. Obviously, the latest MCU movie, and I'm all over it, and it's a very, very good film. And nice to have a a female superhero kicking butt.
1: Yes, alternative perspectives are always refreshing.
3: Yeah, and it's it's really nicely. You know, told story and um, yeah, I, just a really good film, uh, and I can't wait to see more of her yes. in the universe because I'm absolutely in love with her. Brie Larson is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. She's so great. She's so wonderful.
1: Fantastic. How about yourself? What have you been watching recently?
0: I watched the 2005 version of uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, or known as Guess Who. Ooh. Okay. Was well,
1: not a fan. And no, it's uh, not it's as not great fan. as that the as that Bernie classic
2: Mac music yeah, I think so. Yeah, and yes,
1: Kutcher? yes, yeah. Yep. Bernie Mac, Ashton yeah. Kutcher. Yep. So it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, love Ashton Kutcher, but it is hard to compare him to Sydney Poitier as know, the so outsider uh, in the story. They <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah.
0: The, the problem for me is that in hindsight, they are two very different movies. Mm. Well, see,
3: I didn't even realize. Guess who was a remake? Re- it was that yes. different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and that's it. They are two very different movies, and to me, they kind of should have stayed that way in the sense of guess who should not have been trying to tag off mm. guess who's coming to dinner yeah right it, it's maybe a little bit of semantics but end of the day that they, they they propped themselves up as the modern version and we flipped it around and it's all Sorry, you are a, a rom com. You are not really hitting the same deep notes as Guess Who's Coming to Dinner.
2: Yeah,
0: and you—it's it, essentially—it feels like it's lying just to score those extra. Come see it because we're redoing it and we yeah, yeah, well, that's
3: kind of how I felt about the recent Overboard remake that I have not bothered to waste my time on. <laughs> I was, was
1: going to say the same thing, yeah, Kendall. I'm. Yeah. Love, love, love the original. Oh, the original
3: is so good. It is
1: amazing. And one could argue if we look at the deeper intricacies of the story it's not really a pc story no and it's one that shouldn't be remade no. really based on the context and if we look deeper in the in the climate yeah. of how we treat one another as humans mm-hmm. and that's a fair critique because yeah. it belongs to another time we yeah. appreciate it in its context overboard is such a classic don't touch it yeah it. <laughs> don't that's touch that's it. it i agree yeah I, and yeah. and i will say now look it's not at that. The, the high level of guess who's coming to dinner no, but it's in that sort of same field if you're yeah. not going to do anything totally different or if you're going to make it so different yeah. just why bother connecting to yeah, the if you're going to switch the, original...
3: if you're gonna switch the roles or switch the genders like mm-hmm. you need to at least have something new to offer
1: well one thing that I think Hollywood if you like, or at least American Television's Done Right, something that I've watched recently. Mm. So I've watched Big Little lies
3: oh, ah. yes. How good is that Ooh. show? It
1: is absolutely outstanding. Oh my god. Yes. David E. Kelly adapting a novel. Yeah. Whether it's fresh from his imagination or an adaptation, The Man Can Do No Wrong in my book. Yeah, <clears> yeah, it my is goodness. just so beautifully performed. Laura Doan, you are not on TV or film enough. enough. Thank Probably. you very much. Yeah. Nicole Kidman recently Witherspoon been smashed it.
3: And Shailene Woodley too, yeah, being the a, youngest of the cast. Did a great job. It,
1: Everyone yeah. just nailed it. They like throughout mad. the whole it is perfection. It's
3: so good.
1: So we've had a bit
0: of a mixed bag of what we've been
1: yeah. watching lately. Yeah, I like it. This is very good.
0: And speaking of stuff watched lately, what is today's film?
1: Well, today we're reviewing the coming out and coming of age story, Beautiful Thing.
0: Please explain.
1: In a working class area of council estates in South East London, the shy and often bullied Jamie, Glenn Berry, lives with his single mother, Sandra, Linda Henry, who is preoccupied with her latest lover, Tony, Ben Daniels, as well as secretly securing plans to run her own pub. Jamie, on the other hand, is more interested and infatuated with classmate and neighbour Steve Scott Neal, who has a tumultuous relationship with his abusive father and drug-dealing brother that leads to a number of violent altercations. After one such incident, Sandra offers Steve some refuge in her flat, where he sleeps top to toe with Jamie. Adapted by Jonathan Harvey from his own play, Beautiful Thing provided a unique and refreshing narrative about being gay at the time of its release in 1996. So, Kendall... More than two decades later, is Jamie and Steve's love story still a beautiful thing?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: very well phrased. Thank you. I like it. Wow. Yeah, no, I love this movie. It took me a while to warm up to it, though, Indeed. in the beginning. Because, you know, their accents are very thick yes. in the way they speak. And certain, like, you can pick it up, obviously, because it's still English. and But, um, yeah, the, just, you know, the slang and the the... You know, yeah. just the way that they speak is very, like, yeah. it's hard to kind of... But you get used to it, you get drawn in Mm -hmm. and then I was just wondering where the story was going but it's because I I feel like it's very much a character kind of driven film it most certainly is yeah yeah yeah. and but no I really really adored this love story between the two boys they were very sweet you could tell from the get-go they had chemistry the way they would try Mm. and like steal glances at each other (laughs) it was just so adorable and very sweet and yeah and very innocent and yeah i really i really just i don't know i and and then just this i don't know the struggles of Mm. them dealing with with this issue at that time in the mid 90s is just yeah it's a completely different time to now and yeah like if this movie were told now wouldn't it it would probably still be very similar but i think it would be a little bit easier for them obviously
1: yeah i Mm. think so too and something we'll talk about But a bit later is in terms of where it is set because Mm. it's, you know, working class. So Mm. socioeconomics region, which does impact the the slang and the language and the accents and the heaviness, all of these things, the landscape, it's all grey council estates. Yeah, yeah, it
3: was really interesting. Yeah,
1: everyone's so close together Mm. in these estates. yeah The the sense of community is different to other sort of narratives that we've seen. For sure. So, yeah, you're right, absolutely makes a difference. So if we were telling it, now it would we could tell the same story but it would be told differently yeah and probably not have as much of an impact perhaps or maybe a different type of impact yeah yeah different impact, if you exactly. have to
3: approach it from a different angle maybe. yeah but
0: um but yeah like um, like just off the top of my head potentially done today you might still have a lot of the issues because of the uh the working class background but yeah, theoretically course. there's more uh, support through maybe schools or just through the media and uh, through that sort of thing. So well, there's better be education awareness and representation. representation. That's
3: it. Yeah. No, exactly.
0: And positive representation.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It, that's I'm, it. It. I'm
3: just really annoyed that I hadn't heard of this film until you, you brought it to me. Yeah, because yeah, I really, really liked it. And I feel like it's one I would have watched years ago if I'd known it existed.
1: Yeah, gotten onto it a bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. So, Philip, you're, you want to elaborate on your initial thoughts about, you, yeah, about well, a Beautiful thing?
0: It, it's tough. Uh, I, I, I've got a few thoughts on it which are a bit tough and I'm not entirely sure how to broach it so I think I'm just going to say it and, and, and... do it. ...and change my mind as, as I talk. But um, <laughs> yeah. as a whole, it was a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely gorgeous. But I feel I've seen similar movies before mm-hmm. and... This is this is the this is the awkward part because I'm almost want to say it's been done. Mm. I've seen it plenty of times, the same formula. And on top of that, I seem to have seen and maybe it's just because these are the ones you'll bring to the table, mm. Wayne, or just the stuff that seems to stick out because it is so powerful and stuff like that. I seem to see a lot of in the in queer film a lot of this. They came from broken homes. They came from uh, bad places. There are tropes, for example. Yeah, those tropes, and I must admit, I found myself going while watching it i actually found myself going oh here we go another working class mm. uh, i mean i know it's not queer uh, uh film but billy elliott similar sort of thing yeah. uh, broken home working class uh, yeah. wants to do something out of the norm same sort of uh, mm. trope sort of stuff but on that same thing would you have a story if it was upper class
1: Well, we've had stories since that Mm. are upper class. We'll talk about about that a bit later. Mm. I think the power of this film being made in the 90s, Mm. Billy Elliot being set at a specific time in the 80s, Mm. is as a commentary on the political Mm. and social climate. Totally, yeah. Both of these films, so Beautiful Thing and Billy Elliot, you could argue are a critique on Thatcherism. Yeah, uh, Billy, Elliot okay, is, yeah, for sure. Billy Elliot is incredibly explicit about it. His <laughs> mm. yeah. whole background plot revolves around it. Yeah. yeah. And Beautiful Thing is a response to the after effects. Yeah. Sure. And the damages of Thatcherism and mm. conservative politics. But I think context is important, Philip. Mm. So you did mention that. So, quick quiz. Yeah. I'll list a few of my favourite queer films. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, The Boys in the Band, Cruising, The Living End, Philadelphia. Boys Don't Cry and Brokeback Mountain. So what do we think they all have in common?
3: Uh, what do we think they all have in common? Yeah. Well, I've only seen Brokeback Mountain and Philadelphia out yeah. of those bunch. I've always wanted to watch Boys Don't Cry because yeah. apparently Hilary Swank is fantastic. She's it.
1: outstanding.
0: Do they, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've only seen two of them that I know of. Yep. Remembering that I'm useless with names. So I've
3: probably um, seen another one without... Can I take a stab? Absolutely. Even on
1: the films that you've seen, yeah. Kendall, and I've heard of, same with you, Philip. Anything that you think... That they all have in common so,
3: And I and I, If I'm right I don't want to be right Yeah um, One of the One of the The queer people Dies Yeah you're very close no. So in terms <laughs> of All of these films mm.
1: The Characters who are gay Are Either Ostracised Ridiculously mm. Yeah They're poof abashed, They Are dead or dying By yeah. the end of it Are suffering from An incurable disease mm. Yeah or end up lonely and miserable because they can't share their love. Yeah. Mm. So that's an established trope. Mm. So, you know, Philip, you're not wrong when you say that a lot of queer films that you have seen and that we've brought to the table maybe come from a sort of broken background. Mm. Philadelphia is an exception to that rule yeah. in terms no, but it still of has characters,
0: where they come from. Yeah, but it still has that... Um, as you say, that that he dies in the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, there's, and for me, and I want you to continue with that, because. Mm. but I just want to quickly get out. But again, things like uh, I Love You, Philip Morris. Yes. It's this idea that to be gay, you have to almost come from that broken background or be somewhat bad, evil. Damaged. Damaged. Yes. And I get that that's obviously not a reality, but... And the other part of my brain's going, well, duh! If you had a movie where everything was hunky dory and lovely and sweet, it wouldn't be a movie. Where's well, the? <laughs> yeah,
3: I think I think the whole reason that maybe that trope exists, for example, you know, the boys in this film, mm. come working class mm. families down on their luck and going through some really awful things. I think it's you know that serves to kind of accentuate the fact that they rise. Above mm, yeah. that stuff, and they don't let that stop them from being together, yeah. and, and and stepping out on their own. The fact that the film ends with yeah. like the two of them just embracing each other and dancing, and everybody watching—like yeah. I, I just thought that was it's really—it's really, lovely funny you to say it.
0: that because. Yeah, I actually was not... Not that I didn't enjoy the movie, but mm. I was feeling uncomfortable with the movie literally right up until that scene. Yeah. That's when the entire movie, then I went, oh, no, actually, I really enjoyed it. Like that. it makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. to be honest, I was expecting, because of these tropes, I was expecting the neighbour's father to find out and to... Yeah. So you're uh, expecting, like, Ronnie and Trevor. Yeah, to yeah, find so out. Stays, I was um, expecting... to see Yes. Uh, yeah s-
2: ste we too. That. Yeah. Well, I was
0: expecting, it's funny you say about all the deaths and stuff, I was expecting him to be dead. I was ex- Stee or? Yes, Steve. Yeah, okay. I was expecting him, his father found out, um, beat the crap out of him, he ends up in hospital, dies of his injuries. I was expecting one of these sort of Aww. things.
1: And I'd like to talk about the ending and. I think what we took from it, but because I'm just going to pick up on that comment. Yeah, sure. This is why beautiful thing is so important Mm. because when we think about even just the films I've mentioned, they came out before beautiful thing. They came out after beautiful thing, Mm -hmm. but beautiful thing was really one of the first, if not the first queer narratives Mm -hmm. that ended happily. Yeah. Yeah. It is not easy on these boys at all. They struggle with all of these different circumstances throughout the film.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: They will struggle once the credits mm. have rolled. Mm. That moment where they dance, you know, in front of their neighbors and passers-by, it's lovely. Yeah. But if we look closely, it serves as a representation of what they are going to face once they leave the estate. Mm. Yeah. Because we have neighbors who are watching with disapproving looks. Mm. There's neighbors who seem happy. There's one child who is just playing on a skipping rope. Mm. She's indifferent, doesn't mm. care. Yeah. There are neighbors who will look and then just walk on by and do not care at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Sandra and Leah join the dance, and Sandra needs that little bit of help from Leah. Mm. Leah's now saying to Sandra, I've got you, come on.
3: That was so interesting, yeah. given mm. their relationship. Yeah, in Be- the film.
1: well, this is the thing. I think they are antagonistic. Against each other. They
3: are, yeah. Which, which is why this surprised yeah, me. Yeah,
1: but I think they have a shared investment and interest in Jamie and Steve yeah, and wanting yeah. them to be good. Yeah, mm. for sure. And you'll notice that Sandra, when she's dancing, rarely looks at Leah. No, yeah, she mm. doesn't. She she's has. at the boys the She's time. looking at the boys, but she's also looking at the neighbours who yeah. are watching them. Yeah, and true. And the look on her face is... If you come near my baby, I will eat you alive. It is this... Fiercely protective Yeah, this protective stance. And we see how her attitude, everything she does throughout the film... And she's an unconventional mother. Mm. Or what we expect mothers to be like. Which is, as a side note, why this portrayal of a mother is one of the greatest I have ever seen mm. in Hi, cinema. I agree.
3: It's really good.
1: Linda Henry is absolutely fantastic. She's wonderful. And mm. it's because she is vulnerable. She is rough. She is flawed. She is brave. She is weak. She is instinctive. She is not that bright. She's confident, but she you know, has her own insecurities. She's human. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but nothing will stop her from protecting Jamie, especially. Mm. And we see that Because she has to make that decision where she even lets Tony go. And Tony's a good guy. I was
2: about
0: to say, what did Tony do? Yeah.
1: What was that? This is the most contentious point of the film. i feel like, why Tony? Why Tony? What did he do wrong? Do you know what I think it is? It's not that Tony did anything wrong. I think she realises she's with him for the wrong reasons. Okay. And she's like, she has to grow up now. Um, that's my interpretation sure. of it she's now moving to a pub that has a flat above she's leaving this estate yeah. so in order to move on to really be the provider for herself mm. for Jamie because now the stakes are higher for Jamie it's yeah. the mid 90s mm-hmm. she has to have a different mindset and she's ready for it that look on her face when she's dancing she's ready for it Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. so what were you all thinking about that ending Initially It took me I won't lie It took me actually A few views To enjoy that ending Because when I first Saw the film I loved everything Except for the ending Because oh, I'm like really? it did That does not seem realistic And then I'm like Step back don't take it so literal like yeah. yes, literally dancing everyone's literally watching but what's it really trying to say
2: yeah but, well yeah Kendra, what did I, you take from it I
3: mean um, <laughs> my, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because like my brain was like are they actually dancing to the song <laughs> or is it just you know they're just dancing because they're just dancing or like this the music yeah, yeah. can the, actually cut,
0: cut to reality and they're just mm, uh, yeah. four people just Science. shuffling around in silence yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> although,
1: although, I guess you assume that they are really dancing because Jamie says, "Do you want to dance?" Well, once yeah. the music starts playing, mm. so yeah, I I'm, yeah, okay. imagine. So that's what, yeah. And um, Leah's <laughs> always playing "Mama <laughs> Cash from a yeah, exactly. But anyway, exactly. so why would we be playing? Yeah. I love
3: that song, like "Dream a Little Dream." Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. One of my favorite love songs ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the uh, my only issue with the ending was I, I wanted more because, mm. like, they were like, "We're going to go to the Gloucester Hotel and party it up." And I, was, <laughs> I wanted to see that. Like, yeah, i was yeah. looking forward to that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I thought I thought that's where the film was going to end. But, like, no, I. But apart from that, it's a really nice ending. Jamie says to Steve, you know, you want to dance? And you can see him yeah, tick the cog sticking mm. over mm. his brain. And it's like, this is a really good idea, I don't know. But then he, he just kind of, it doesn't take him long, thankfully, and he just goes, no, let's do it. And then yes. they walk out and they dance and they hold each other. And they're just... And it's really... Just them in that moment. They're yeah. not caring about anybody else. They're not seeing anyone else, and they're both freely just, you know, embracing. And it was just so loving and wonderful. And then for Sandra and, and Leah to just come out and, and unite. Yeah. Over there, like you said, you know, the fact that they both are invested in the boys, um, and what happens to them, and they care and stuff. That was really, really lovely to see them stand strong beside and protect. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. It was just it was a really nice way to kind of close the story I think yeah. but it is kind of sad when you say like you know as soon as those credits are done the hardship really will begin yeah so
1: and I think that that's what the dance symbolizes as well that there will be hardship but they have a strong community it's a small community at this moment it encompasses Leah and Sandra yeah but they're going to a queer club yeah, it's going to encompass a community now. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Phil, did you have any other thoughts about? Yeah, that definitely, ending? definitely. So, um, the ending itself. It's right. Sorry, I've just had the realization as to why I'm struggling with this film so much, and I'll get to that shortly. <laughs> yeah. But okay. or, I was actually on the opposite side of that. I was glad it ended where it did. Yeah. Because again, you got to remember, I had in my head, I was worried about Steve's Someone. dad. Yeah. yeah. I was worried about yeah. that we still had a half hour left in the movie <laughs> and Steve's dad sees what's happening and that's where the beatings come. Yeah. And, but that brings me now to why I've just realised why I'm having such a visceral reaction to this movie. It's because I hate the era. Yeah. I hate... Okay, my tiny bit of therapy now um mm. my background obviously I, I actually came from pretty good family but my father was never abusive but came from that style of upbringing yeah so yeah. he was never abusive but Quite. could have theoretically been put it this way his brother was mm. yeah okay. and so um I remember the fear even as a kid for myself. And this is coming from someone that had a good upbringing, who had Mm. and didn't have all these extra issues. So I've just realised that any time I've watched any of these movies that have these sort of tropes, this working class trope, the abuse, that I actually react negatively to it because, and it's just going to sound dumb, but it's not fair. It's not fair, but it's... And there's nothing, it's realistic, but that's sort of it. It's not fair and there's nothing that could be done about it even today. Mm. Like I've jokingly said in the past, you you should have to have a license before you can procreate because (laughs) there are just some people you hear about it still even today, the abuse that some people do. And that's one thing I can't deal with, mm. you know? And I think that's why I have such a negative reaction to it because... Mm. Well,
3: plus it's awful to see Stee go through that Yeah. Stuff. And to yeah. see the bruises on yeah. his back. Yeah.
0: And- um, at, I remember in high school I used to be beaten up myself. So remembering that when I see them getting beaten up and bullied at school. Yeah, well
3: I yeah I got bullied at school too. So that resonated yeah, new needed. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and, and I'm not trying to say it's a you know unique experience. Lots of people have. Most of our listeners probably were. Yeah, absolutely. But I remember that anger. I remember that hurt. And well, there
1: is this hurt and helplessness, and you do mm. see it a lot through ste like both of these boys are bullied in their own way yeah. jamie quite openly mm. at school he works really hard and is quite successful up until the very end of the <laughs> film mm. to keep it from his mum. Mm. Mm. she knows something's on he's wagging yeah. and yeah. so forth
2: yeah
1: ste is popular is really well mm. liked at school and mm. you know he's athletic and a handsome fella all of these things mm. he's picked on at home Mm. So he has to have the role of caregiver because his dad is an alcoholic who's Mm. out all day. I'm assuming works. His brother, Trevor, is out. I'm assuming works as well. But, Mm. you know, has some really nice threads for the estate (laughs) community. We know that he gets that through drug dealing and things like that. He has this love of his possessions because he picks on Steve for borrowing his shoes and Mm. scruffing them up and, and things like that. So... There is this relatability, I think. But I feel like there's a closer relatability when it's coming from a working class lens. Uh Because it's different to when we see upper and middle class as well. Yeah. Yeah. What's great about the film being... why I love it is because it is refreshing. Because after everything it ends positively yeah like it ends lovely and positively yeah it's great and it's still made in an era of new wave queer cinema mm-hmm. where queer filmmakers were making movies like you know the living end quite famously where they were angry mm. yeah. and they were explicit about what being gay was like and they would talk in a way that mainstream audiences would not have heard before mm. you actually got to see queer people making love or having angry sex and Mm. being quite raw Mm -hmm. and open. They talked about having diseases that mainstream didn't seem to have and all of these things. They fought back as well. They weren't Mm. victims. So there's a lot of angry independent movies being made by queer filmmakers. These are all extremely important. I'm not diminishing them at all. No, no way. But in this wave Mm -hmm. comes this Mm. beautiful little film made for TV and then later released in cinema from the UK oh wow yep based on a play and it is refreshing yeah and again we're saying well we can relate to this queer audiences can relate to this we were picked on at school our home life was difficult we're poor we're not in these huge lovely estates. We're mm. not in Hollywood where we've got maids and servants and things like that. These kids are gruff, you yeah, know. And yeah. they're good looking kids, but they're not these perfect smiles and mm. polished no, you know, no, kids. They look like normal kids I went to school yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, they slang aside mm. and <laughs> the different sort of <laughs> languages there, but they spoke how we spoke. I could have hung out with these guys, yeah. so to speak. I could have been bullied by some of their yeah, 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 yeah. All of these things. So, amongst this angry vibe of cinema comes something that's still quite refreshing, but it never glosses over what is reality in the outside world, mm. I feel. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, in terms of the representation of coming out and coming of age, it's different for blue-collar compared to white-collar people. Mm. Coming out as a theme is interesting in film yeah, because it's done in two different ways. One, as a power struggle. So straight people love to find out who's gay in cinema. And yeah. unfortunately in real life too.
2: Yeah.
1: Why? Because it is something I have over you. It's something I can bargain against you. Yeah. Mm. Leah does it in this movie. Yeah, mm. she does do it at mm. yeah. one And that's
3: really not cool.
1: Absolutely. And coming out can also be driven by fear. Sandra pushes Jamie To come out. Yeah. She's angry. She feels betrayed by Mm, him mm. because he's not being honest. Yeah. She doesn't consider how difficult it has been for him. Yeah, which I I didn't like that. Yes, but I don't think straight people do. That's a generalization, but I think a lot of people who struggle or who feel like they have been lied to by their queer family members or friends can never appreciate the struggle of self-identity. I only
3: see it in terms of what it means to them. What it means to them, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. But... Sandra, at least, those feelings, her sentiments, and there's some beautiful dialogue exchanged between the two in that yeah, moment,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. comes from fear. She's quite explicit when she's on the balcony talking to Tony about it, yeah. about how she's had to struggle to look after him. And now that she thinks she's finally getting things on her feet, with this new pub, yeah. he's throwing another curveball at her. Ooh. One of my favourite bits of the film, and especially of that moment, is when Jamie's crying on the bed and he's like you think I'm too young you think it's a phase you think I'm going to get AIDS and everything he is throwing her fears in In her face face Mm. and saying I know why you're angry at me I know why you're doing this to me I've contemplated it myself I've heard it from everywhere else and you're throwing this back at me I don't find that moment exposition-y at all No. I find it extremely beautiful and I find that that's when he's being quite honest yeah I don't necessarily know if by the end of the film Sandra's fully resolved about what this means
3: no I think she's starting to come to terms with it yeah um and Maybe, you know, that's the road to acceptance for
1: her. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I love the bit when Jamie finds out that she's now going to manage a pub. And he's like, you didn't tell me. And she just looks and goes, mm-hmm. snap. Yeah. And that is such a great comeback. Yeah. And that says so much. She's like, well, my friend, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is it. They have an interesting relationship, don't they, mm-hmm. Jamie really and Sandra? interesting relationship. Yeah. yeah. So overall, in terms of the character dynamics and the performances. Yeah. Anything particularly stick out or anything you want to comment about?
3: I just I just love when you can watch a movie and you don't know any of the actors and they yeah. just give you, like, everything. Yeah,
1: it's an open book, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm.
3: And the performances, I was so impressed. Mm. Like, just really... I, and that's another thing about, you know, actors you don't know either is just, it's just it, it helps to sell the realism of the story to you. Yeah. You know, you believe it a lot more. Yeah. Um, and... And yeah, I was just really impressed with every single person in this cast, like everything that they brought, the material they had to work with, they worked very well with it. And mostly the two boys, like they put it all on the table and they they were really emotional and I just... It's quite impressive
1: considering that they had not had a lot of... Acting experience on screen before, no, and, really? yeah. Wow. So, yeah, like Linda Henry, who plays um, Sandra the mother, is a bit more seasoned and still acting today. Oh, and, sure. Yeah, in in British soap operas and things like okay, that. Yeah. Phenomenal actor. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love her. I her so much yeah. I love this portrayal of Sandra yeah, for yeah, all those just... reasons I mentioned before yeah, 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 But the first moment you see her, <laughs> with her shopping trolley oh, I like, love that.
3: That.
1: You, like she doesn't say anything but you get an idea of who this woman is you
3: know yeah you know straight away you just have to get that shot of her looking at Jamie <laughs> catching him not in school mm. and then she just races off with the trolley I love that being hampered so by Leah's good. mum Rose oh, the whole thing oh, so
1: so <laughs> she's trying to
3: get her out I don't even laugh. What about
1: the exchanges between Sandra and Leah? They're just priceless. Oh. S-
3: oh.
0: <laughs> interesting, actually, I found something interesting with that, and again, yeah, slightly off-topic. But for a film that is so heavy in the working class and was not afraid to use homophobic slurs, mm. there was very little racism. Yes, considering you've got yeah. a family from South Africa, by the looks of. Yeah, there was just, there was no... And again, that might be due to the sort of the whole community sort of thing. Yeah, I think the socioeconomics
1: of the working class and even lower class or underclass Mm. is that you do tend to have uh, people who have immigrated or come from immigrant backgrounds. Don't Mm. usually start at the top of the the ladder in terms of hierarchy and and, and the power there. So, yeah, so these types of people from all these different types of backgrounds would have spent all this time... Mm living together working together mm. because you're right Sandra doesn't dislike Leah for example because of her race no. she dislikes mm-hmm. her because she's a bad influence she's yeah. lazy yeah, she's promiscuous yeah. all yeah. of these she's loud things. <laughs>
3: very loud
2: <laughs> Leah is wonderful
1: uh, Just hilarious. that moment when she comes out of her bed opens the door from her bedroom with the face mask the mud pack oh, yes. is so funny so good. <laughs> it's very good she is beautiful yeah I really like her yeah she's very funny but I agree, like the relationship between Jamie and Steve is just stunning. The boys are just perfect.
3: They really are. I yeah. just, yeah. Every time they were in Jamie's room together, those scenes were my favourite. Like just were, the were, two of them.
1: They were really touching. And I love that they've cast two young men who are so different mm. aesthetically as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Jamie is almost porcelain. and ste is very rigid like just Mm. even a look a tone of the face it's done very almost robotically Mm. but not because he's a bad actor or wooden but it's this sort of wall that he's put up yeah Yeah. because he can't be vulnerable he's in a household with two older men who are not very nice to him he tries to be at their level Mm. you know we see after the boxing after he goes to watch the boxing match Trevor pushes him, he pushes him back and just a look on his face because he knows Trevor's coming oh, for him. Oh yeah, mm. that and then, uh, um, yeah, yeah,
3: that was a really powerful cut. Yes. The way that they just they didn't show us the fight. No. They didn't need to. No, absolutely. And the way they just quickly cut to Steve and Jamie and yeah. together, like talking about it and yeah. stuff, and him crying and oh man. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of beautiful vulnerability in the film as well. Yeah. And fears as well. Like if we mm. compare Jamie to Steve, Jamie is at this stage quite Comfortable with himself
3: Yeah yeah you know? Like he doesn't He doesn't like that He gets bullied for no. him, But he's not Changing himself in any way he, no. he knows that And that's really powerful Yeah Whereas
1: with Ste, His own identity and sexuality Is quite dormant But I guess the stakes Are higher for Ste as yeah. well Totally yeah And you know I love their fight He's perfectly fine Hanging out with With oh. Jamie Until Leah Almost outs them In front of everyone At the yeah. party And then Ste reacts really strongly no. Against Jamie Because now Jamie It's your fault that I'm feeling this way. You brought this out on me. That moment when he's rubbing lotion on his back mm. and he's like, No, I'm not turning around, I'm oh, sore. Wow. we all yeah, know what it's yeah. is hilarious. He's yeah, like, I great. don't want you to see my erection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's great. <laughs> could there
0: be yeah, could there be something in education and maybe like like Oh, I want to say smarts without without trying to sound uh, <laughs> egotistical, but but um, Jamie is portrayed a lot smarter than the rest of the people around him, yes. Yes. including Steve, yes, who, which is almost to me why uh, Jamie's more comfortable, but yeah. he also knows he's not in as much all that much danger. Yes. He knows he can run away. He knows he can get by on his smarts. He knows he can get he's smart enough to look after himself. Mm. Stee doesn't. (laughs) Stee Feels he says, "There's nowhere for me." Yeah. Well, Jamie's mind, there's plenty of places I can, you know, go live in the bush. Or, <laughs> not that it's said, but yeah. you know, you get. I got this feeling that there's always somewhere else. Jamie's always somewhere. mind is
1: at least more worldly. His lived experience That's isn't, it. Yes. but he is more worldly. Yes. Yeah, and we can see this as well with the way that Jamie interacts with media. You know, he loves old-fashioned movies. Mm.
2: Yeah. You know, so he's yeah, quite that. cultured.
3: I like the touches of like the pictures he had on his wall and there's a couple mm. of pictures of Lucille Ball. <laughs> And yeah. the, fi- the final song? Yes. Yeah, the final song was very old school. Yeah, it's
1: mm. just really beautiful. Really well done. In terms of the music itself, it's mm. driven by the incredible Mama Cass. The yes. only other sort of main song that drives the narrative forward is taken from The Sound of Music.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, I loved, I loved that. It was beautiful, wasn't oh, it? Oh, my God. Like, that really had me, like, feeling things, as you can hear in my voice. <laughs> yeah. But I just... I, It was just really... Poignant and, mm. and ni- a nice kind of allegory m- metaphor going on, like you know, the song is singing about them yeah. as well as you know. And I just, it's yeah. really yeah. nice. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And, except, fuck Rolf because he's <laughs> nuts and dickhead. <laughs> <you>. Anyway, <laughs> I'm very bitter about that. Yeah, um, but, yeah. yeah, but it, um, that was that was probably my favourite moment. In the
1: the, whole movie. There's a lot of tender moments. Yeah. In the film, like the touches of humor happen when they need to to relieve that tension mm. because so much is happening. You are talking socioeconomics, that's Prusandra specifically. You're talking about coming of age and coming out, and that's through the boys. Yeah. Leah represents her own sort of outcast, and she links to Mama Cass a large figured woman mm. who didn't want to appear on stage at first would say, no, I want to sing behind the coat and I don't want people to look at me
3: Yeah.
1: Mm. because she thought no one's going to want to watch a fat woman perform. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you know, as, when she did appear yeah. and people got to see her perform with the mum as a part of the mums and the papas, she was everyone's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was the strongest musically totally, and had a successful uh, solo career as well, away mm-hmm. from the Mummers and the Puppers. So her music is, Used as the na- as a narrative tool mm. I really right, throughout like, the film, like yeah, that quite a bit. Um, yeah.
3: yeah, and I can you know obviously relate to to Leah being so obsessed with the one singer. <laughs> yes <you can>. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, yeah.
1: and we all have that person, don't we? or, oh, yeah. or at least a few people yeah. that we go, well, no, I can connect to them mm. on this level. Mm-hmm. So I think it's actually quite clever that they've used the music of Mama Cass and have open discussions about Mama Cass. They talk about Mama Cass. And her method of death or her manner of...
3: Yeah, which I looked death, up during yeah. the film. Mm. The, the, she didn't actually choke to death. No. That's an urban legend.
1: Yes, because she had a half-eaten ham sandwich on her bedside table. Yeah. She died of a heart attack. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it, because of that half-eaten sandwich, everyone's like, oh, she choked she to death choked. on a ham sandwich. Yeah, because
3: apparently one yeah one of the coroners initially speculated that's how she died. Yeah. And then after they did the autopsy, they're like, no, it was half yeah, 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 yeah. So
1: that conversation they have is interesting because... Mama Cass is made fun of. Yeah. yeah, you know through that. Yeah, Sandra's been on the booze, so she's just feeling a bit, you know, was a bit, mouthy. Got a bit, got a bit tense. Yeah. yeah, but Jamie stands up for Cass Elliot because he's then linking to her as an outcast because yeah. he himself is being made fun of. Yeah. He says, you know, maybe she was happy being fat.
3: Yeah, I loved. I loved Why that when he said could that.
1: Could she not be happy? Yeah. I.e. I'm gay. Why can't but I be I, happy yeah. being gay? Yeah, why exactly. do we have to be like why everybody else? Why do you have to else? put a negative association
3: on the, not the norm? Yeah, yeah it's, that's, it's that's it's not your, that's not your experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the dynamics and just talking about the characters again is quite interesting because we're using you know celebrity and music to to link to these people who are in the real world men and women are portrayed quite differently here mm. Mm. you know it's as a gender study it's really interesting yeah. uh, again i love the way that sandra is portrayed yeah it's uh, yeah, just yeah. so complex yeah the men in this are either hyper masculine or quite sensitive yeah they seem to be quite extremes
3: I, yeah i love that yeah so yeah. we
1: do get that we all fall in love with tony
2: mm.
3: <laughs> yeah at first. Poor was, tony. At this guy deal, <laughs> but then like he just seemed to be genuinely a sweetheart, yeah, and you know only had good intentions for Sandra. Mm. And, and it was interesting <laughs> with that as well.
0: The whole again going back to what I was saying before about um, uh, book smarts, so yeah, you know, all that. Again, Tony was on the same level as uh, Steve. Jamie. It was Jamie, Jamie, yeah. Yeah. In terms of articulating it differently, uh, yeah. (laughs) Articulating differently. He's he's obviously educated. Has a more of that sort of hippie. Uh, educated hippie sort Why of you, that sort of. he talk
3: sometimes. Uh,
0: I that's lo- love the. F- it's that it, university student.
1: Yeah. It really is that. Yeah, the twenty-seven-year-old university. Yeah, student. yeah, no, that's it. That's I it. love the first time that Tony like really speaks to Jamie, and he's just like, <laughs> "Problems." Yeah, <laughs> one word <in> sentences. <laughs>
0: He's and an my, art student He's a- and, and
1: my favourite My favourite My favourite gag Is when Sandra and Jamie Are having that fight About who's smart And who's not And Jamie's like Suggests that Sandra's Had a lobotomy It's like What did he say I'll oh, explain it to our Tony Well lobotomy is Just <laughs> Shut up, Steve! I Shut
3: love up it, Tony.
1: Because you know the the phrase "What did he say?" is is quite common in yeah. Britain as to say, "I'm like, you know, it's an acknowledgement. I heard you. Yeah. I dare you to say it again." Yeah. yeah. But I love that Tony's taking that really literally. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is a he's a gorgeous human. Yeah. Uh, Tony is but yeah. you're right. You don't know how he's going to come across at first, do you? No, no. Yeah. And he is quite sensitive. He's mm. really affected <laughs> when he believes that Sandra had aborted a child you know that moment where they're in where she's in the bathtub and I do like Sandra when she's alone with Tony specifically she's Mm -hmm. quite reliant on him Mm -hmm. get me this Tony you do this for me Tony and I believe that that's also one of the main driving forces why she has to break away from him, and yeah. why she has to dump him is to be. This and I guess, like
3: maybe that was a metaphor with like, can you put the trash in the disposal? Yeah, the end, the last sort of,
1: thing. of even just get rid of it type yeah. thing. Yeah, or yeah. get rid of me as trash almost. almost. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that moment when, and not much is said. Like we don't hear their conversation, but we would have known how it went. Yeah. That he
0: would have been affected totally by that. I personally don't feel that. Look, I, I get I get all that, but I don't feel that was portrayed well enough. Oh, okay. It, that you wanted it, it, more. Well, well I look, I interpreted, more, right? I interpreted that she was pissed off with him because he went to help uh, Leah. Afterwards. After yeah, that yeah. the, oh, you mean the her that, breaking up with him? Yeah, exactly. That what we get. What we get in in the, the sequence of things. What we get is that night where Leah's stoned off her face. Yeah. and he goes. He goes to help her Mm. and uh, Sandra yells at Tony to... To leave her. To to leave her. He continues and then I thought she was pissed off at him for helping her and I'm sitting there going, how is this a bad... What what is... I, I couldn't see what that was. Now, if it is more of this other sort of stuff... Yeah. I don't see that. I can't see that and I want a little bit more if that's the case. See, based on how Sandra is with Leah at the end of
1: the film... I never interpreted her leaving Tony because he's helping Well, that her just made it more confusing. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> to me. me. Not to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, that just
0: made it more confusing that yeah. this poor guy who, as far as I'm concerned, has done only the right thing. Mm. Now Sandra's going out for him for not sticking by her when really he has. I mean, you look at yeah. what happens when, when uh, Jamie first comes out, mm. etc., um, Sandra runs off crying. He comes in to defend Sandra. What have you done? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Jamie says, you know, oh, uh, and he's like, oh, um... We're cool. We're cool. cool. (laughs) cool. Yeah. Like the guy's just sweet all around. He wants to do the right thing. And then I saw him being dumped and I'm like, that's just, it made no sense to me. To me, there was no real need for that. Yeah. I can kind of
3: agree. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, if
0: this was based on a true story and that's just something that happened in real life, then sure. But I
1: see where you're coming from, but I think I... Got. I just got it. Mm. So for me, I didn't. I've never had the problem with. I mean, it's always unfortunate because yeah. Tony's lovely, but we can see she. Yeah, she's moving on. Well, Yeah. And I she, get. I yeah. get.
3: I kind of get both sides and of this.
1: She's having. So. She's having fun with Tony, and I think she realizes that she just. She needs to grow up. Yeah. That's mm. what what she's doing. I don't think she has animosity see, this is, for yeah, him. It just kind
3: of that like she couldn't you know have a conversation with Tony first or she, yeah, true. Or she yeah. couldn't like at least yeah. give give him the chance to prove himself to say all right let's step it up let's yeah. take this serious
0: and if it's in that sort of note the idea of growing up well then that probably hits to my different lens anyway because mm. I'm actually very anti growing up mm. i don't believe if you're in a relationship and you're happy and you believe you have to end the relationship because it's not adult enough well then there's something wrong with you not the well as far as I'm concerned uh, because No that's
1: fair enough but let's also look at it at uh, the lens through Sandra. Mm. Struggling all her life. Mm. As she said, not a single bit of food in the fridge. I've had to steal to feed my child. Mm. Jamie's father was never in the picture. She mm. lives in council estate flats. Mm. She's worked really hard to build a reputation, working in a pub so then she can go and manage another pub mm. and actually get away from all of this closed-in living because she gets to live above the pub. Yeah. Give Jamie yeah. some space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My son is now acknowledging that he's gay. Let's throw another ton of bricks on that. Yeah, yeah. She cannot afford not to grow up. Yeah. Because everything yeah. she does, and she does it in different ways that we may agree or disagree, she can't afford to not grow up because how many more years realistically think about what jamie's age is it's never fully acknowledged but what it could be yeah. how many more years is he really going to live with her that she has active participation yeah. and protection yeah, yeah, in his life yeah yeah she can't afford to, mm. to not grow up mm. she can't afford to be out there on on the porch drinking beers and having a smoke and making jokes and mm. you know having sexual innuendo with tony about having something drizzly down her throat <laughs> Yeah. In front of her child, she mm. can't afford to be doing mm. that. Yeah. You see it in her emotion and passion at the end. Yeah, yeah. I love this woman
0: so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same, same again. I just I, again I I see that, but I, I don't think that's portrayed enough. Okay, if we have to have a conversation about it, mm. just for me to be able to sort of get, oh, okay, maybe that then I don't think it's been shown well enough. Yeah. again, I just probably just view. read it a lot closer. Oh, enough. maybe, <laughs> maybe. And you've seen <laughs> yeah. it quite a few times as well. Yeah. For me, it just looked like this poor guy... Uh, it, it was almost like we missed a scene where <laughs> she turned around and said, look, I just don't like you anymore, or, or even... Oh, grow up Tony uh, sort of thing but it's not about him it's about her
2: yeah this but you is, see, you I can don't... see
1: it in her face when she's like you know put out the rubbish put out the trash it's about her it's not about yeah. him at all yeah, yeah, it's, it's difficult for her to break up with him yeah, look yeah. how he comes in a suit and a flower mm. <laughs> mm. hair slicked back it's probably been washed for the first time yeah. in two years <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah you see again I didn't see. I saw just someone that was like I'm done playing with you. You just piss off. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't feel it was that callous. But, Kendall, you're in, in the middle
1: there, I'm hey? kind of in the...
3: Yeah, kind mm. of in the middle. Like, I, But, yeah, I don't know. It is it is hard. Yeah, It, it is difficult. Kind of, yeah, and, and,
1: and what, I love that we've got three different perspectives about this yeah, because yeah. it shows, A, the complexity of human beings and relationships. Yeah, yeah.
0: But how well-written this film is.
1: Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely well-written. Definitely well-written well written it is. You and, and be, all this out. Yeah. And
0: to be honest, it's really... I'm finding it really interesting that we are for want of a better word, arguing or discussing. Yeah. Something that really is not poignant In the to the grand scheme the grand of, of the yeah. film. It yeah. is <laughs> not the plot of the... No. This is not the Tony Awards, no.
2: is it? No,
1: but it's great. Okay, well, if we're talking about, you know, the the core relationship of the film. Yes. Mm. Jamie and Steve. Mm-hmm. So, it's a bit of a slow burn yeah. to them first... Uh sleeping to well sleeping in the same bed to that kiss, to them being intimate it yeah. has little bumps up up and down. I think it's paced and plotted perfectly I, yeah I think so too. Their relationship is very real it's so tender and just lovely. both display ranges of masculinities and femininities, and that's difficult
0: to do in teenage boys mm. relationship goals kind of mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but it's it's we also. Thinking? Well, I've always found it interesting, again, this trope, and again, not knowing. I've had very different uh, uh, experiences hooking up with people and stuff, but there is this interesting trope where it's the. Like, he. Uh, Jamie has zero idea, apart from maybe a little bit of innuendo, which at whatever teen can be misconstrued. He has very little idea that Steve could potentially like him or potentially be gay. And yet he's like, sleep with me up this end of the bed. I'm going to kiss you now. If Steve was straight, then that is that is some liberties. Oh, absolutely. That is some in, assumptions. And you see this a lot with these, again, these uh, coming of age movies. But, I find. It, but
1: it's also done in a subtle manner, if that's the right word, because... Jamie will You're right Ask That little bit mm. Get some resistance But he can gauge Steve You know These guys have Lived next to each other oh, yeah, Forever yeah. Of, You know Been to school together They hang out together all mm. these things. Mm. So he does know Steve Quite well Yeah But he builds upon Every single yeah, question, question yeah. and that moment when Steve finally decides to lay down next to him kind of, you know happy now yeah I just love how rigid <laughs> it's yeah. the most uncomfortable look because it's terrifying yeah well yeah yeah, yeah. and ja- Jamie as well he was like can I touch you and Steve's like well no I'm sore so he's like cool you're sore on the chest on the back on the shoulders I'm gonna touch your face
2: mm.
1: yeah it's so beautiful yeah. there are a lot of liberties you're right mm. but at the end of the day, as much as I think this film has a lot of realism in it, it is a movie. Yeah, yeah. It's well, a I was romance. actually going to ask how. <laughs> yeah.
0: How does that sort of thing work in the real world? You know, it's it works differently to everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't right. think we can sleep and, and no, generalize no. Touché, touché. it. No,
1: no. But yeah, no, those guys were just absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah. Mm. I feel yeah. I love mm. the dynamics between oh, the characters. Oh no, absolutely gorgeous.
1: Yeah. The, and I think the characters as well all serve their purpose to the plot, mm. you, and you can you can strip it down to tropes. You know, you've yeah. got yeah. your effeminate gay guy, you've got your masculine gay guy, you've got, you know, the promiscuous, drug-addicted, alcoholic girl next door, <laughs> you've got, you know, the single struggling mum, you've got the loser hippie uh, boyfriend, uh, you've got all of these different yeah, tropes. Yeah. It just, they, they melt they together, together harmoniously, so well. don't they? They do, yeah. Yeah, so sometimes sticking to narrative tropes, isn't always a bad
0: thing. No, it's what we, you do with them.
1: Exactly, and also let's remember, the film was you know made, made ninety five, released ninety six. Yeah. So these tropes were still in terms of mainstream queer cinema, where mm. the queer characters are the leads, mm. where it is about them, and it is about giving them a happy ending, is entirely fresh and novel. Yeah. It is new. Yeah. 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 So. Again, I think this film is just so significant. It's really important, I think, mm-hmm. in the realms of, of the history of queer cinema yeah. and the, the shift it takes in the statements it makes. So if we think to more recent times, mm-hmm. the the year 2018 was mm. nicknamed 20 Yes, mm. it was. Because mm-hmm. of the positive representation mm. of queer people, particularly young people, mm. in the media. Yeah. So quite famously... Uh, a movie called Love Simon came out, mm. yeah, and based on a, a great book actually called Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda. Simon yeah, uh, which is which is a really good book. And yes. so Love Simon came out, got a lot of attention mm. because it felt so fresh. And we're like, oh, it's a positive story about a young gay guy, and rah rah, and it's falling in love, and it's just lovely and sweet. And when this came out, I was just like, hang on, there was a movie <laughs> about two gay guys that was really just lovely and sweet and happy ending. And I do enjoy Love, Simon. Absolutely. Mm. But if we want to compare Beautiful Thing to, say, Love, Simon, and then Alex Strangelove, the Netflix movie that came out uh, shortly after, which is quite similar, we've got one story that's set in the lower socioeconomics and industrial landscape, if you will, or working-class landscape, versus a very glossy middle-to-high-class mm. American living. Both stories are relevant, And both serve their purpose, both provide Mm, a narrative, mm. both have struggles. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But personally, as somebody who's grown up in a working class background, there's one I can relate to more. One feels more real than the other. So, and I know films stand on their own, we shouldn't really compare, but today we will. How do you all think that Beautiful Thing holds up, considering we now have a flurry and have a momentum of queer films? That are positive and people fall in love, are legitimized and live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Kendall, what were your thoughts?
3: Well, I think I think for one one reason why a lot of people kind of and myself included went on about how Love Simon was just first of its kind, kind yeah. of like, you know, movie. Um, I think it's more to do with the fact that this is a very mainstream Hollywood film. Yeah. Um that mm. has big name actors, like you've got Jennifer Garner and Josh Dumal playing Mm. Simon's parents, Nick Robinson plays the lead, he's been in a bunch of teen films, Catherine Langford, Australian actress from 13 Reasons Why, plays his best friend, and yeah, and so, and and it's done, but it's done like a high school teen movie, like you could fit it in with the you know the crop that's come before it with mean girls with yes. breakfast club i was gonna say as far back as john
1: hughes films a really, lot of people said really? it feels like a john hughes movie so mm. much, yeah so yeah.
3: much and that's one of the reasons why it was so so enjoyable as well and relatable in terms of just high school yeah for me but i can see totally why you would mm. say you would relate more to beautiful thing yeah than to love simon because you're right it does have that hollywood Gloss and that sheen to it. Yes.
1: And I think there's nothing wrong with that because there's been a slew of Hollywood teen films that present the fairy tale. Yeah. You know, again, John Hughes made a whole career out of it. We We all grew up on John Hughes, we love we We love them. Mm. We love them, yeah. I guess perhaps it feels that I would have loved to have seen it happen with queer characters sooner. Yeah. Because Mm. the momentum really did start a lot sooner. Well it did, and
3: it's like I was saying earlier, I'm like, I had never heard of beautiful thing yeah. until this during this podcast because I, I, which is I, I guess it's because you know it was a small British film yeah um, And but you know Love, Simon had the Hollywood backing yes. behind uh, it. So, the, the, the annoying thing is, is that back in the, yeah, back in the nineties, it didn't obviously have the yeah. uh, push into the mainstream market like Love Simon did. Yeah.
1: And I guess also it is a different era, so people mm. will yeah. will want to actually mm. see it. I know yeah. that when Beautiful Thing, the play that this film is based on, yeah. so the playwright um, developed the screenplay for this. I think it was the the local councilman or the local mayor objected oh, really? to the play. Um, being in his in his town mm. because oh. of the portrayal of. Uh, same-sex relationships and mm. relationships between no, between men in it yeah it's not that long ago yeah, yeah so the, really era, did, years. Yeah, the mm. era did, 20 yeah the era did have to be right I and mean, Jamie himself you know acknowledges AIDS in the world <laughs> you know mm. you're, you're afraid of this yeah. this is what being gay means to you yeah, but it means I mean, a lot more yeah Yeah,
3: because like especially in the 90s like AIDS was still a big issue yeah
1: I mean it was only what three years earlier that we had Philadelphia which was huge and yeah. brought yeah. into the conversation mm-hmm. but yeah but Phil well, um, you've seen Love, Simon and some other queer stories yeah yeah, it it's funny
0: you should mention Philadelphia because for mm. me, you're, you're saying why does, basically saying why is Love, Simon getting all this accolade, mm. this one, we sort of forgotten about it mm. as it were I think, it, and you know you, you mentioned, briefly mentioned the idea of why has it taken this long for us to yeah. start doing this again. I actually wonder if it's some partly because of something you mentioned early on, a lot of film has been angry in the 90s in the 90s yes but yeah. that's still when we're talking i feel and again this is coming from someone that knows very little <laughs> about it please uh it, correct me but you sort of get the all if you're getting all this angry stuff in the 90s it's going to sort of make your mainstream audiences sort of reel back a little bit.
1: I think that would be true if the new wave queer cinema was in the mainstream, but it was independent mm. cinema. Yes. So you would Yeah, been- but
0: it's gonna not block, but it's definitely gonna hamper that jump over to and that's maybe why it's taken so long for it to really hit that mainstream because like we see with Love Simon, because you need to get mainstream loves lovey dovey. Yes. Mainstream loves I and mean, that's why it marvel was so smart talking about marvel marvel were so smart with the cinematic universe if they'd started with something like civil war no one would have seen of course, it because yeah. it is so dark and gritty you needed a handful of awesome yay lo- love uh, superheroes similar sort of thing this idea that you've had to ease people back into... Maybe people reared a little bit away because, oh, angry, I don't like this. And we've had to go, oh, okay, let's build up the love again. I think in
1: terms of mainstream cinema, it's actually more of a reflection on Hollywood itself Mm. and society. That definitely added to it, yeah. we did have gay characters throughout Mm. um, and they've gone through their different phases. But in this era... The gay character was the best friend who did not have a sexuality. Yeah. You know, didn't, was not able to have a relationship, was, you know, the, the, the hyper-effeminate, which is fantastic because we love our hyper-effeminate um, queer brothers and sisters. Yes, we do. But we held that as an ideal. They weren't allowed to have a complexity. They were a yeah. the girl's best friend. Yeah. When a little sitcom called Will and Grace was mm. made in the 90s, it revolutionized the way people mm. saw gay people Mm. and their relationships to heterosexual people. Mm. And I'm a fan of the series and I'm not Mm. talking it up. It is actually true. It is the time that fag hags were not just sort of frowned upon or dismissed, but were actually given representation as Mm. legitimate people. Yeah. And you had the, the straight woman and the gay man, that relationship was not just something for the sake of parody or hyper-comedy, but it was real and realistic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We could argue that that then sets up a trope where a girl's best friend is her her gay guy. But not necessarily. There's too many complexities in that series. But that visibility helped build a momentum. Mm. For sure. And especially on TV. When did Ellen DeGeneres get her own talk show and was allowed to come back after the fallout Mm. from her coming out on her own sitcom? So all of these things play up that we had that we had people coming front and center. Mm. So I think that visibility paved the way for Love Simon, yeah. I agree. but it came out very long time after, and it does reflect on the two different cultures mm. in terms of the UK yeah. and the United States, both yeah. Western cultures. But it reflects on the acceptance. And yeah, <laughs> because that's, the, that's yeah. the
3: thing. Like I get, I. The Point you're making about the anger, totally mm-hmm. understand that, but I, I really do feel it's more in, in terms of society and mainst- mainstream audiences weren't ready for those stories, yeah. then. which is why they haven't become forefront until now, yeah. yeah.
0: I also wonder, and this could be far too left field to be a thing, <laughs> but if you think about the, the late 90s heading into the noughties, yeah, people were sort of really optimistic, really you know, starting to go. Could some, could, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this, 9-11, mm. could that hate and that, that, that fear and that the, all the horrible toxic stuff that came with the aftermath of 9-11, I mean, we, you already know that television itself has changed. Hollywood moved out of New York, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was, TV itself was changed by the eff- events of 9-11, could that have been something that helped to stop that momentum? Because you're saying there was all this momentum and mm. then it suddenly disappears? Well, well priorities uh, almost seem different. That's don't it. Right? It's the priorities. Yeah. It's that we went back into ourselves. We went from this, oh, the millennium and people are starting to, mm. you know, this internet's this beautiful thing, oh, we're so, to coming back into ourselves because of that fear that the world that became post 9 11 could be and then it's taken time again to
1: open back up it could be because the events of september of 11 triggered and are still triggering Mm. to this day the cultures of fear about certain people so we do tend to want to look in and just sort of be with one another and be with Mm. with our own look hollywood responds differently to that they Mm. sort of limit the number of action movies Mm. that show (laughs) metropolitan cities being destroyed and focus on more lovey dovey stuff I suppose. It's just but it's also a reflection on the on the political climate at the time. And Mm. Mm. when you when you've got conservative politics drilling discourse into Mm. the mainstream Mm. you do respond to that. And beautiful thing amongst other films as well are responses to these ultra conservative Governments that destroyed social progress. Mm. So, as an optimistic piece, <laughs> it was, and I think still is, quite refreshing. But if we're going into what our final thoughts for a beautiful thing is, Kendall. Yes. Your final thoughts on a square out of five.
3: Oh, okay. I'm really glad I've now seen it. Because um, <laughs> I really, really did enjoy it quite a bit. Just for, like we've said, the, that realism of the telling of this story. Um, And how authentic it really just kind of came across to me and yeah I don't know just my heart broke for these 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 young men you know Mm. going through this and at this time and and having to deal with it all but then still not being afraid to love each other really just it's really powerful and and yeah especially to come out of the the troubles in their lives and the struggles as well, and yeah, every, yeah. Every single character in this film is is wonderful and different and unique. You know, each one of them, in turn, and just the whole world is just really nice. And yeah, no, I really really like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll probably give it a four out of five. Yeah, yeah.
1: Philip, your final thoughts and score it.
0: I still, ended that. I struggled with it right up until the end. I had that anxiety <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, definitely talking about it has made me sort of see things yeah, a bit differently on it already. But I would, after saying all that, I'd definitely say it's a movie uh, needs to be within that, that, that history of uh, a queer film and needs to be something that I think is looked at, watched, enjoyed, analysed, yeah. whatever this, this you This movie
3: should be done yeah. in schools. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Really
0: and should. for that, I would give it a four out of five. This may not surprise you, Mm. but I
1: love this film with every fibre of my being. (laughs) It is absolute perfection and flawless. It is so poignantly dramatic. It's quite sweet and romantic. It is funny. It has a great soundtrack. Mm. It's told so beautifully. It is performed exquisitely. Glenn Berry, who no longer acts, shame on you, oh, get really? back into the profession. Oh, Scott Neal, you're absolutely amazing. Linda Henry is just a phenomenal, phenomenal performer and presents here one of the greatest portrayals of motherhood, of yep. a working woman, mm-hmm. of a working class woman just so perfectly yeah ben daniels as tony is really sweet Mm, and likable it's that light that we need but isn't a two-dimensional character we learn a lot about him through the performance and the intricacies of his dialogue and the way he fits into this world tamika as leah (laughs) Yeah, she's, she's great is gorgeous she could get a whole film onto herself she really could she is a lot of fun She's sometimes quite malicious, but she's also merciful at the same time. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, there is a genuine love for these boys when she's not off her face. Yeah, Yeah, it's an exquisite film. I wish I had written it five stars. Yes! Good. Yeah, So, Philip, what do you have in store for us next time?
0: Yes, well, I feel that it is time to show... Whilst I've shown some of my favourite films, Mm-mm. this too is one of my favourite films, but it is one of my favourite films for its uh, actual cinema photography. Yeah. Um, its writing, its acting, for me, is the epitome of what writing, acting, cinema photography should be. Yeah. This is the 2004 Edgar Wright film... Shaun of the Dead, oh.
2: Oh, <laughs> an
0: ab-
1: yes. an absolute classic,
0: absolute classic comedy, and for me is exactly what filmmaking should be all about. Okay, yeah. I'm a fan of Shaun of the Dead me myself, too. so I can't
1: wait to revisit it and yeah. really sink my teeth into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've got red on you.
3: I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: so I really look forward to that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you. Thank I, you
3: for having me. Oh, come back <laughs> any time, Kendall. Yes, come back anytime. I'd love to. It'd be great. Beautiful. So for now,
1: I've been a Wayne Stellini.
3: I've been a Kendall Richardson. And
1: I've been a Philip Hunting.
0: And and you've, you've just, just experienced Fred right Watch. You music. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: nice to see this <laughs> My whole, like, uh, <laughs> <spirit>. <laughs> I'm I to
0: go. This Bowie never allowed to go this one. Phillip, <laughs> we have a guest in the studio. <laughs> Thank yourself. And, and
1: scene. Extended scene. Hey, welcome back, Kendall
3: Thank you It's so nice to be asked to come back and uh, be here
1: Thanks for, yeah, coming back And it's been a, f- been a few episodes It has Since your last appearance Yes, so.
3: since the Superman episode Yes, yeah, was that was a lot of fun.
1: mighty episode of mighty, Superman Review yes, I loved it yeah, So what's one thing that you've watched since then that you'd like to share with us? Oh
3: God <laughs> since then oh, yeah or well, something just, recently that's a lot yeah. well <laughs> there's two things on my mind mm. that I've been watching most recently Um one of course is Captain Marvel yes I've seen it three times only only, <laughs> only three times <laughs> yeah. and many more to come Um obviously the latest MCU movie and I'm all over it and it's a very very good film um, Nice to have a, a female superhero kicking butt.
1: Yes, alternative perspectives are always refreshing. Yeah,
3: and it's yeah, yeah it's a really nicely you know told story, and um, yeah, I, just a really good film, and I can't wait to see more of her. Yes, in the universe because I'm absolutely in love with her. Brie Larson is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. She's so great. She's so wonderful.
1: Fantastic. How about yourself? Philip? What have you been watching recently? I
0: watched the 2005 version of. Uh, guess who's coming to dinner, or known as Guess Who? Ooh, okay. Was well, not a fan.
1: And no, it's oh, not it's as not great fan. as that, Isn't that the as that Bernie classic Mac movies. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yes,
3: Kutcher? yes, yeah.
1: Yep. Bernie Mac, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Yep. So it's, um, yeah, it's you know, love Ashton Kutcher, but it is hard to compare him to Sydney Poitier as you know, the so, outsider in the story. They uh, are. <laughs> yeah.
0: The the problem for me is that. In hindsight, they are two very different movies. Mm.
3: Well, see, I didn't even realise, guess who, was a remake. It was that different... Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's it. They are two very different movies, and to me, they kind of should have stayed that way in the sense of guess who should not have been trying to tag off mm. uh, guess who's coming to dinner yeah right um, it, it's maybe a little bit of semantics but end of the day they 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 prop themselves up as the modern version and we flipped it around and it's all Sorry, you are a, a rom com. You are not really hitting the same uh, deep notes as Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah, a- and you—it's—it's it's essentially it feels like it's lying um, just to score those extra. Uh, uh, Come see it because we're redoing it and we yeah, yeah, well, that's
3: kind of how I felt about the recent Overboard remake that I have not bothered to waste my time on. <laughs> I was, was going to
1: say the same thing, yeah, Kendall. I'm. Yeah. Love, love, love the original. Oh, the original
3: is so good. It is
1: amazing. And one could argue if we look at the deeper intricacies of the story it's not really a pc story no and it's one that shouldn't be remade no. really based on the context and if we look deeper in the in the climate yeah. of how we treat one another as humans mm-hmm. and that's a fair critique because yeah. it belongs to another time we yeah. appreciate it in its context of course. but flipping the genders does not make it right no, can i no. get a quick synopsis yeah sure so a wealthy woman treats her tradie like crap she gets amnesia mm. To get her back and essentially to get payment for his services, mm. he pretends that they're husband and wife. So Ugh. she works yep. off the the payment mm. that yeah. that is owing to him, yeah. and of course they fall in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, the a, original
3: was Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn. Yes, ah, yeah. and
1: you know in that eighties fun style when yeah. you know we. Got away with a lot more. Mm. It works, but yeah. you know Hollywood thought let's flip the genders because it's okay to do that to a man and not a woman, yeah. mm. and that nah, doesn't work. No, and, and, and you know what? Even if we were accepting it, Overboard is such a classic. Don't touch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's> a, <laughs> don't touch I, it. I agree. Yeah, I, and yeah. and I will say now, look, it's not at that the the high level of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, mm. no, but it's in no. that sort of same field. If yeah. you're not going to do anything totally different. Or if you're going to make it so different, yeah. just why bother connecting yeah, if you're going to, to switch, the original? If
3: you're going to switch the roles or switch the genders, like mm, you, you mm. need to at least have something new to offer. Yeah, you know, absolutely. To the, to the table, you
0: know? It's like, again, you said you're not bothering to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, for me, the um, what men want or whatever. It's oh, yeah. The remake of what women want. Yeah, yeah the yeah. remake. Yeah. What's I the mean, point? What's the yeah. point? And let's let's be absolutely frank here. What Women Want wasn't exactly a groundbreaking uh, <laughs> feminist uh, piece. It was no. uh, very, very bad in terms of that. Because yes. um, what do, do we... women
1: want? Oh, they just want a man. They just want a man. <laughs> yes. Do we really want to be...
3: As the woman of the group, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I can tell you as, as the
1: man of the
0: group, yeah, it's not true. Right. Right. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and, and so we... You know, the idea of flipping it is supposed to be this, you know, uh, feminist critique. Like, no, it's just... No,
1: feminists know how to deliver a feminist critique. Leave it to feminists to, you know, have have studied these, (laughs) know what they're doing, know the politics, the social movements
0: behind it. Even if it's not meant to be that, even if it's like, no, guys, come on, it's just meant to be a fun chick flick or fun, whatever. You're still putting up a uh, idea... Mm. that is going to be critiqued yeah. in that manner you don't get away from that yeah so stop doing it hollywood <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely well one thing that i think Hollywood, if you like, or at least American
1: television's done right. was something that I've watched recently. Mm. So I've watched Big Little Lies. <gasps> ah. yes.
3: How good is that Ooh. show? It
1: is absolutely outstanding. Oh, my God. Yes. David E. Kelly adapting a novel. Yeah. Whether it's fresh from his imagination or an adaptation, the man can do no wrong in my book. Yeah, <clears> yeah, it my is goodness. just so beautifully performed. Laura Doan, you are not on TV or film enough. Enough. Thank free. you very much. Yeah. Nicole Kidman Reese with has smashed it.
3: And Shailene Woodley too, yeah, being a, the youngest of the cast. Did a great job. Brought it, Everyone yeah.
1: just nailed it. They like throughout right. the whole... it is perfection. It's
3: so good.
1: So when this show was made, it was a, intended to be a limited series. So you know yeah. Not a proper series, but longer than a mini-series.
3: Yeah, so it was like it's like six or seven, seven episodes. Seven episodes, I think, yeah. yeah.
1: And it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then after it won all these awards for limited series, they said, oh, let's do a second season. Yeah. <laughs> Naughty. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but you deserved your awards anyway. Yes, they did. I'm in a bit of two minds with it, though, because yeah. I've gone, it's so perfect, leave it alone. Yeah. But in with all the people coming back and all the right players and Meryl Street. Hmm. fucking
3: Streep. Joining the cast. Yeah.
1: Yep. Take my money. I will. Literally. Watch it. Go for it. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. As a limited series, if they never made a second season, it ended a bit too open for me. You know, it planted seeds yeah. for something else. Yeah, yeah. And I just think for a limited series that was intended to just be a one-off story, Yeah. it should have ended clean enough mm. or if you're going to plant seeds it's enough for you to say "Ooh, this is going to happen next and be okay with it mm. yeah but in saying that it's such a phenomenal piece of work. I don't care.
0: Yeah. again, do not care. Yeah. Super quick synopsis maybe? What, what are we... Um, so a, I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you It's based what.
3: on a, um, a book by an Australian novelist whose name escapes me right now. Um, so it was originally set in Sydney. That's correct. Yeah. and uh, But this version with these actresses is, is set in Monterey in California. It's in Northern California, a beachside town. Um, and these women, they're all mums and you know they all know each other through their students going to the same school. And mm. so there's family drama there's affairs going on, there's mm. bitching and sniping going on, and but it's it's really well acted and told. and like there's and then the, Shailene Woodley, her character is um, suffering some, from some trauma because uh-huh. she was um, don't want to trigger anyone, but she was raped. Um, and that comes to the forefront a lot. Mm. And then you know Nicole Kidman and Alexander Skarsgard's characters are going like they have a beautiful love, mm. but he's an abuser. Mm. and he's abusing her and so they're going to therapy and that you know that therapy scene mm. there's one particular one but with the two of them or maybe it was just Nicole Kidman but she improvised the whole thing oh really yeah wow amazing yeah, blew me away Ooh. but yeah. it's, so yeah, it's it's just it's really intense relationship so, so family drama
0: Desperate Housewives done well
3: done amazingly well <laughs> it was directed by uh, Jean-Marc Vallée who did um Dallas bias club um, and wild. Yep.
1: It's yeah, it's it's a it's phenomenal work. It's nice. be- it's handsomely produced, and it's the cast beautifully is top done. Notch, yeah, it's oh, so well written. I'm so glad you watched. Oh, it. Oh yes, and it's one Highly of the. Recommend. Yeah, it's it's one that I've seen recently, and I've just gone, why do not I watch it sooner? Yeah, yeah. Why not yeah. I, I watch even sooner? I was late to it. Like yeah. it'd
3: been done for a few months at least, and then yeah. everyone was coming into work and buying it. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, so
1: it's then, it's yeah. yeah, it's
0: incredible. Fantastic. So we've had a bit of a mixed bag of what we've
1: been yeah. watching yeah. lately. <laughs> I like it.
3: This is very good.
0: And speaking of stuff watched lately, yes, what is today's film?
1: Well, today we're reviewing the coming out and coming of age story beautiful thing bonus
0: blooper g'day hello hello hey, hey whoa hello. Hey. I'm Wayne Stellini I'm a Philip Hunting and oh fuck Phil it's you <laughs> you continue
2: because <laughs> you did the last
0: bit oh yeah okay yeah. <laughs> so I was actually waiting for a Kendall but now you're introducing, no, introducing yeah. Yep. second <laughs> special guest special guest mm, your special
1: Kendall oh, you're very okay. special